0: Hey, everybody, it's Bevan. Uh, Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. Um, This pre roll may sound sonically different than any of my previous, simply because I'm doing it outside. It is warm enough on a Thursday evening to be outside recording a podcast. It's also late enough that my neighbors are tucked into their Uh, their beds you can hear like the dull sound of someone's tv blaring uh, from within their cottage Um, but the stars are out Uh, I just so feel so blessed here Um, all the times of the day but especially on a clear night when you can see stars and it just feels like um, we're just in a really special place I love being able to see the stars Um, this is week five of quarantine and um, things here kind of feel I mean it's when I go into town it feels weird and new and a little stressful because it's a new like new way of being in the world where everyone is kind of a threat like this woman was like just a little too close to me while I was trying to fill up water jugs um, at the food co-op in Port Townsend and it was just Like one of those things where I was just like, I want. it's like being a defensive driver. I have to be completely in charge of my space at all times, even if that means pulling off the road, right? Because someone is six feet away. But if I'm stationary at a place, like filling up, because we fill up water jugs with um, special filtered water from the co-op. I don't know. My mom did it when I came here, and the water tastes way better from the filtered thing than it does from the well here on the land. So... That's what we do, and it's a very ritualized experience for me going into town and getting the water, so now it's just like this isolated time that I go into town and I'm just much more um, intentional. So quarantine life is kind of like working from home (laughs) for me, and also just watching spring unfold here has been just such a tremendous gift. Um, I feel really uh, blessed in the moment here just because of spring and the abundance of change and refresh all around me. Um, I feel really uh, happy and excited to get to be here. I say that in that weird tone of voice because I feel like a creature just went by me in the middle of the night outside on my front yard. What kind of creature it is, I don't know. Um. (laughs) Um, So at the end of the month, I am moving uh, within my neighborhood, but over to a travel trailer. And I posted a video tour of the before there will be a before and an after, um, up and it's going to be less dramatic than I originally intended the before and after, but I did post the before video. It's up on my Patreon page. Patreon is the best way to support this podcast. Patreon is a membership support website where you sign up and you support creators like me who create content that's useful for you. Um, and, uh, through my Patreon, you get access to lots of exclusive content just for my supporters. Um, I have a tier where I do weekly online aerobics because I created Fat Kid Dance Party Aerobics for anybody who feels left behind by mainstream fitness. If you've ever been called too much, too fat, or felt too awkward to dance, this is absolutely the supportive class for you. Think line dancing, sing-alongs, having fun in the body that you have today, and just experiencing what life is like, just having that experience. I have had students have transformations from feeling like they can finally dance in public again, or, or for the first time ever in their life, dancing in public. Um, and also people who've never been to a group exercise class do it and like feel transformed people who've transformed their style from being at faculty dance party classes, people who like felt in their bodies in new ways, um, emotional breakthroughs. Like this has all happened from people who've taken my class. The testimonials are amazing and I'm just curious like what for you could open up if you develop, if you added this practice once a week, did a weekly online aerobics class with me. I always have a 10 minute, a 20 minute, 45 minute, and right now two 55-ish minutes classes available at a time. There's a little menu every week. You get to pick what you are doing, but I just wonder what could open up for you if you were moving your body with me with Facky Dance Party. Um, So that's at the $25 level. And then $5 level, uh, you get access to Bevan's Bites, which is an exclusive podcast full of self-care tidbits and uh, nuggets I kind of drill in uh, a little deeper uh, with y'all. Plus some like Reiki healings and soundscapes. I feel like living in the forest is a beautiful sonic experience. And I have shared a lot of different soundscapes for meditation over there. So peak at a peek into it at Patreon.com/fkdp. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com/fkdp, which stands for Fat Kid Dance Party. Um, I am so excited to share this story. Um, before I get started with my podcast guest, uh, who, by the way, I met. I, I mean, I simply like kind of pulled this from our conversation last week. So basically Joey and I hadn't talked for like probably almost 10 years. Like, and I just have really made it a habit to call my friends and chat with them, work on a puzzle, um, and hang out and like get to get to know people, see how they've grown and see what they're doing and just get, get caught up. I love it. It's so much fun. And, um, I got caught up with Joey and I found out about this energy healing work that she was doing that like I was, I mean, literally I was talking to Joey right up until I met with, uh, one of my coaching clients. And so I was then able to use this, um, technique that she talks about, um, in this episode. So she kind of talks you through like how you can use it for your life. Um, and I was immediately able to implement it with one of my clients and it's been a week since I implemented it and I am already seeing some change in her and so is she. Um, and so we're just continuing to use that. I'm also using it on myself already and I'm so excited that Joey was willing to be on my podcast as a guest and talk about it so that you can use it at home for yourself. You can also connect up with Joey directly. Um, there's more info about that, um, if you'd rather have a healing done on you, um, instead of doing the presence of mind, but what I want you to know going into this episode, just self care first, and we high five for self care. Um, is drink a lot of water if you're going to try this ending presence manifest method on yourself, and like do a lot of these endings and do metaphysical work on yourself, or even if, if in conjunction with anybody else. I tell this to my Reiki clients: drink a lot of water because you got to have that energy moving through and out of you. Um, so drink a lot of water. And also expect to feel a little detox potentially. Um, And that's like, I always know when I'm feeling a detox, like I get like specific crampiness. Um, So just be on the lookout for that kind of stuff happening if you're doing metaphysical change work. Um, And I want to tell this funny Zoom story. So I have lived my life on Zoom. I've been on Zoom for like probably three or four years. Like I've just always had coaches and stuff who use Zoom to connect to groups of people. And so I was on this professional Zoom call um, like three days ago. And this is a Zoom call that like is a a regular thing that happens. It's a regular meeting that I've been on for like off and on uh, for months, right? And I've never once had a foible in a Zoom meeting like this. But basically like I was on and like I had the sun sort of hitting my face in this very awkward way. So I pulled my blinds. Like I just pulled the cord and the blinds fell out of this, of the wall onto my head on a professional Zoom call. I wasn't talking. I was not the spotlighted speaker, but I can't say that people didn't see me. And I am kind of dying to know who saw me get like the blinds fall right on me. Um, So that was hilarious and definitely something I just want to land from week five of quarantine Um, for the Corona is like that. I had a zoom call foible, which I think people can probably relate to because everybody is on these like conference calls and webinars and video things and whatnot. What a different world we live in now than like a month ago. Right. Um, and one more thing I wanted to announce, I'm really excited about this. I'm super daunted, but you know, we start before we're ready is, um, I'm going to start teaching a vacation goddess school (laughs) on Facebook live. Uh, this is, I'm going to start this Saturday, so two days from now, um, probably one day from now by the time this gets uploaded and, uh, vacation got to school is going to be some aerobics. So like 20 minutes or so of aerobics or movement, um, it might be stretching, it might be aerobics depending on like what's happening. And then another segment on self-care. So it's kind of like a self-care hangout, like beginning to your Saturday, um, Saturday, 10 a.m. Pacific So whatever time that means for you, wherever you are. Um, and you can also go find out, find the replay. Um, so this is all going to be going down at facebook.com slash Bevin's party, B E V I N S P A R T Y. And I'll tell you what, the page is still called queer fat femme from previous branding, but, um, the Bevin's party, they'll let me change the URL on Facebook, but they won't let me change the name. It's so weird. I don't get it, but there it is. That's where I'll be going live with vacation goddess school. So do some aerobics with me and then hang out for a little self care thing. I've got a few goddesses lined up potentially to, um, join me. And, um, so each week I'll just have someone like come in and do a self care thing where we like learn tarot cards or learn, um, some easy cooking recipes we can do to like nourish ourselves during this time. Um, you know, some meditation techniques, I don't know, whatever we can do. And I want to say that this is like truly something I'm working to make kind of an all ages experience with like, um, kind of an emphasis on teens. I feel like there's like, I'm going to be swearing because that's who I am. And probably within like conversations with people around self-care, um, we'll talk about cannabis as medicine. So, you know, that's kind of the vibe it's going to be. I hope that you'll join me and like help me kind of figure out what this is going to look like, but vacation goddess school, um, kind of like vacation Bible school, but like with a goddess bent, um, I'm excited to co-create with you and see what is going to come out of all of this. And just super grateful for you being here and listening to this podcast and being witness to this and like cozying up with me and Joey, I just want you to like picture us on a porch together um, and you just curling up in the most comfortable porch chair possible, and I want you to just imagine that you're curling up with your very favorite blanket from childhood, and me and Joey are tucked in, we're drinking some tea, and on with the show. Great. Joey, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, I want to clarify before we really get started, what are your pronouns? Um, she. She Okay, great. And um, do you want me to use your whole name or just Joey? It's fine. Joey's fine. Joey's fine. Great. Okay. So Joey, um, you and I met um, at MishFest, like, probably, I don't know, we were just trying to piece it together. I think it was like maybe 2007-ish, like we were neighbors in the woods, like camping next to each other, um, which is really fun to be temporary neighbors with people. Especially in the woods. Especially in the woods. And like year after <laughs> year, just like setting up a tent in roughly the same area and then you get to stay neighbors and like recreate the neighborhood and like see who's gonna be there that year. It's fun. It's fun to have annual things and pals and whatnot. Um and I'm super excited to have you on the podcast because we had caught up last week and the stuff you're doing these days and your perspective and healing work is just so Like it's, it's a breath of fresh air to me. Like it's stuff I haven't really even heard. Um, And I'm so excited to talk to you about that. Um, But first on my podcast, I'd love to just get people's background stories, like where they come from and like how you kind of became the queer weirdo healer that you are today. Um, tell Tell us a little bit about like what your life was like growing up. Where were you? And, and did you feel different than other folks or did you feel like you were just kind of like? the same
1: well I've always felt like sort of an alien Mm -hmm. of some sort (laughs) Um, from the outside I looked very much and felt very much um, part of the scene I grew up in the Bronx in New York and um, (laughs) it was kind of a, a weird place for a poetic sort of airy type being as myself. Um, But I basically went to Catholic school, I was on the cheerleading team. And as other people tell me when I catch up with them, they're like, Oh, yeah, like you were, you know, you were popular, and you were smart. And you were just like in this crowd. And, and I never felt like that. I mean, I always felt like I was alone in crowds. And Part of things, but not quite connected to them. And I spent most of my time literally sitting in a closet fort that I made in my room. In my closet, in my room, like not only just in my room with the door shut, like in my room with the door shut, in the closet with the door shut, in like my little secret like hiding place, um <laughs> where I could write and read and just basically, I guess, philosophize. I mean, I feel like I've probably always been a philosopher, trying to figure people out and what they were doing and doing my best to exist right in, in my community, but not really, not really knowing what was going on. Cause I could never truly understand why people did things, you know? Yeah. Which I think, which I think started my, my self-awareness path and my spirituality path and, and every other path that I've been on, because I just, I was in search of like that place where I felt all in where I could exist in and feel Secure in and safe within and myself in, mm. but um, growing up in the Bronx was really interesting. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't think I would have chosen it like for myself, but because I was there and that's where I grew up, and I love so much about New York. And and in hindsight, I'm so happy I was there. But once I turned 18 and left New York, I was it was really hard for me to ever go, go back towards a big city. I've just been progressively uh, seeking out kind of smaller and more open spaces. <laughs> so, but yeah, so I'm from the Bronx. <laughs> um,
0: I can totally identify with that too. Like uh, a later in life understanding that city life doesn't really suit me um, or at least full-time city life visiting fine, but mm-hmm. being there is a lot. Um, where did you go after you left New York? Oh goodness.
1: I went. Um, <laughs> oddly enough, <laughs> I mean, I went. Well, I left the Bronx to Long Island to go to college, and then I I stayed around New York for one year, and I knew it just wasn't for me. Like everyone was so fast-paced, and everything was so expensive, and and I had seen this this videotape of the Mesa in uh, New Mexico, and, and it was videotape then, right? So yes. I saw this videotape and decided I was going to move to New Mexico. And so I went to New Mexico and then was there. I went to massage school. And then I had some sort of early identity crisis and went to San Francisco. And then from there, I went all over the place and ended up back in New York, but upstate a little to Delaware, to a campground to here. So I, I really, I really have just been all over the place. But mostly i've just kind of went in search of myself <laughs>
0: yeah and it's amazing how like you search for yourself in all these places but really i think the the surprise i think for everyone is that oh it's just right in here um, right
1: right and so being a presence coach or a presence manifest teacher is is so ironic for me cuz everything is just full circle and no matter where I am, I'm home, and no no matter where I am, I'm me, and you know no city, no label, no anything can really define me anymore and it's been
0: it's been quite a journey, yeah, and like also just like you were always in search of that place where you felt like you belonged and like felt like the right place for you and it's um when you were saying that, I was like, "Oh, but it's like right inside <laughs> like it's right there, like you just have to do right. to like unlearn all the patterning that we're taught about like you have to belong and you have to this and you have to that like that all just layers up between us and the truth of our very being which is that we do belong and we're we're really okay right here and right uh, (laughs) and Uh,
1: (laughs) and here we are trying to help others not take that that you know 30 year circle right like that's the goal is 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 to let other people know you don't have to go on a thirty-year circle. It's a thirty-year circle. You can go on a thirty-year circle for the fun of it and for the enjoyment of it, but it doesn't have to be—it um, doesn't have to be that difficult and that many layers. And it could just be more fun and creative.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's what like healers and coaches can help you do. It's like taking a fast track instead of like I started. Uh, I just made a decision to stop hating myself when I was 19. And then now I've got 22 years of like working towards loving myself. And like, it took me a long time and a lot of trial and error to figure that out. And I feel like, because I've, I'm, you know, because of my wisdom and experience, like, I think that's something that I can offer other folks to like, know what doesn't work and like what eventually does work. And, you know, it's nice to be able to give that gift and to, to trust yourself and, honor yourself enough to be ready for that gift. Um so when did you come out as queer and how did that kind of like sort of vibe with your kind of popular smart cheerleader uh existence <laughs> as a young person?
1: Well, it's funny because it was right around the time of um but I'm a cheerleader, right? That movie. Oh my god, yes, that's right. And, and it was <laughs> It was quite interesting and and it's funny because i still i still very much identify as as queer if I have to pick a label of any of any kind um but really more, it was about for me getting kind of closer to who i to who I was, and so I had basically went from the Bronx into a sort of a hippie community in the desert, and that was really freeing because you know, I wasn't having to follow these very heteronormative stereotypes for what a woman was. And I was allowed to kind of be more wild and be more goddessy and not shave my legs. And right. And then um, I went through some sort of some sort of hardship in my relationship where I just couldn't connect to my boyfriend and I didn't understand. And so I tried everything. I thought I was broken. I went to like a acupuncturist gynecologist I was like I'm broken I don't know what's wrong with me and she's like no you're you're a perfectly capable working female body like like it's not with your body it's it's definitely something that's blocking um and then so I had this like crisis and and this is how my life works right so my higher self has a sense of humor it always gives me these other things to do on the way of what I'm supposed to do. Right. And then in hindsight, I'm like, Oh my God, that's hysterical. But, um, essentially I had this crisis. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I wasn't thinking about, you know, even dating women or anything like that. I was just thinking I want to connect with my boyfriend and I don't know how, and I'm I'm broken and I need to fix this. And so I went and I went to a temple. (laughs) a Buddhist temple, and I sat in the hot springs, and I prayed, and I had this idea I should shave my head, and I had really long hair down past my butt at the time, and so I shaved my head, and then I'm in Albuquerque, which I had no idea had a really huge queer community, but here I am, like 25, tan, (laughs) shaved head, (laughs) and I'm running around Albuquerque now, and almost like every lesbian (laughs) in Albuquerque started hitting on me. And I had no idea, like, why, right? <laughs> and, because for me, I was just, like, this really confused straight girl that went and shaved my head because I'm trying to, like, understand myself and have some sort of spiritual epiphany so I could have sex with my boyfriend and enjoy it, right? And, uh, <laughs> but in turn, I found you that existed around me that I had no idea. And I started getting invited to, like, you know, queer potlucks and rugby games and, <laughs> <laughs> like soccer tournaments and stuff like that, and and I didn't even question that. I just went because these are you know the people that were inviting me places, and and I felt really comfortable around them. And I thought that's what that's it that's it. This is what makes sense. Um, I I don't have a problem connecting and communicating and being intimate. I'm just with the wrong gender, right? Because you know I ended up being with one of these women, and they were freaking amazing and blew my mind. And I thought oh, yes, this is the answer, until I had, like, a relationship with, an, with a different woman who that was very similar to all of the relationships I had with men before. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I realized, no, <laughs> it had nothing to do with gender. It had more to do with my communication style and my childhood wounding and all this other stuff. But, but that began the journey, and um, I was really freaked out about it and not in a bad way, but I was like, wow, I wasn't expecting that. I went and shaved my head. I wasn't expecting, you know, to be a lesbian. I mean, that's, that was kind of like sideswiped me. I had never even thought about it. Right. And, and then in hindsight, I kept trying to find all these clues from my childhood that proved that like, this was actually when it was happening. Like, and so in my other higher self funny realm, I ran away to San Francisco, not knowing it was queer. I ran away to San Francisco because coming from the hippie community that I was in, I thought, well, it's the Grateful Dead land. There's a bunch of hippies out there, right? I'm just going to go there and and clear my brain. And um, I took a house sit right in the middle of Valencia.
0: Nice.
1: And... Right smack in the middle of like in June, uh, right before the Dyke March. I mean, it, it was it was insane. So, Maisie, who's a common friend of ours, mm-hmm. she actually said, "Joey, you didn't come out of the closet like like a normal person. You did cartwheels out of some other random area
0: of the house." Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a really beautiful way to put it, actually. Yeah. And,
1: and so I knew at that point, I wasn't quite heteronormative, right. But I still was looking for that label then within the queer community that would fit me. And I did that for many, many years. And I tried many, many different versions of relationships and everything. um, Until I really just came to see myself as the lover I am. And, and that, gender in in general has has very little to do with my love and um and so I still identify as as queer for sure
0: That's awesome um also didn't you follow the fish tour for a while I did I did <laughs> I feel like that's worth, that's worth saying because I know a lot of really cool people who <laughs> so I just feel like let's just catalog that uh, <laughs> a fun thing you did um also uh will you talk about like coming out as an energy healer and like how you kind of came to that path?
1: Well that's really different. I came so when I went to New Mexico, I I went to massage school and I met a lot of people that did energy work and reiki and and such at that point and I got introduced to the idea of of energy um being part of massage and being part of healing and your intention. It was mostly more about your intention and um, and where you were directing your intention. And then, but I had always been over my entire life, um, sort of a medium of sorts where I would get messages for people or just tell them random things that I don't know where I had gotten them from. And um, so I was always quite intuitive and sort of connected And then when I was in Delaware, I was doing massage and I was doing very straightforward um, massage work and every person that would come in, I would get these messages for them or I would feel their grief or their something. And I didn't quite know how to approach it because at this point I was in a very nice conventional lesbian relationship. I was kind of outside of the box just enough. (laughs) And I really didn't want to push my luck. Right. Like I didn't want to be like, you know, also that, that, that weird, that weird lady that was going to tell you that your grandma wanted you to bake cookies on Easter for her. You know, it's like, I just didn't want to do that for some reason because I had found a sense of normalcy that I had always been looking for. And, um, and so I really did actually fight coming out as an energy healer and I would try to find roundabout ways to tell people these things like during massage. So, um, and ironically and funny, as normally in my life it happens, my ex's mother, who didn't like me a lot um, at all, went to a, a book sale and then knocked on my door and said, hey, I got all these weird books, but I had to get the box because I wanted this one book in the box. And, you know, you're weird, so I figured you'd like this stuff. So she handed me this box of books, right? Ah, ah, ah. And I know, right? Something. Right? <laughs> I was like, all right. So I took the box of books. And just at this particular point in time, I was having a lot of, um, my mother had passed away and I was having a lot of sort of beyond the grave messages from her coming to me from other people, coming to me in my dreams. She was really active in sort of... Um, uh ending the relationship I was in. There was a lot going on. And um and a lot of it was very like out there and woo-woo and spirity. (laughs) And so my ex's um mother drops off this book and it was the autobiography of John Edwards. Oh. Who happened to be my mother's favorite psychic on TV, who she happened to have this big connection with. And I was like, all right, fine mom, I'll read it. Right. So I read this book. And it's all about him overcoming the stigma of coming out as an energy person. Right at the time when I'm having the stigma of coming out as an energy person, right at the time as I'm having all these like heightened psychic awarenesses. And I was like, fine. So I remember the day when I heard a psychic person talk at a a wellness center. And she said something like, I talk to spirit every day. This is what I do. It's part of my life calling. And I remember hearing it in my head. I want to be able to sit in this chair and say these things and not be afraid. And then about, I don't know, maybe like three weeks later, I changed my, um, my title on the wellness center page. And I I said, I was doing energy healing and with massage. Right. And, um, since then it's just been like I opened Pandora's box, right?
0: <laughs> That's awesome. You can, you do healings, uh, distance too, right? Not just in person massage, but like also with folks at a distance.
1: Yeah. Mostly actually I do distance now.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I, I don't really do, I let my massage license lapse uh, a couple of years ago. So I don't do a lot of, you know, hands-on type stuff. Um, I love that I can sit with someone in California and, you know, not even be on the phone, like just sit down and and sort of go into a session. And then I'll call them a half hour later and they tell me all these things that happened and what they feel. And it's, it still blows my mind. Like I'm still really excited and (laughs) curious about it all, but it seems kind of like my norm now. So that's nice.
0: That's awesome. I've had um, healings before where someone like, just sent me an email <laughs> and was like, all this stuff came up for you. And this time, ty- and this person came through and yada, yada. It was like so fascinating. Cause I was like, wow, I wasn't even there, but energy healing is amazing. Like I also like, I think i uh, 99% of my clients are distance and it's kind of incredible that like it can work, but you know, it's the universal life force energy connects us all if we're willing. So I mean, I think it connects us all whether or not we're willing, but um, we can be aware of it and use it if we're willing, I think. Um, Right. Joey, tell us more about Presence Manifest and, like, what that is and how it works. I just find it so fascinating and so cool, especially as someone who loves and believes in law of attraction and sort of, like, how this kind of helps amplify that.
1: Um. Let's see. That's always seems to be the hardest question is what is presence manifest in general? Um, The best way I can describe it is it is my life philosophy um, which is can basically be learned, can be practiced, um, or can be uh, gifted in an energy uh, transmission. And the basis or the fundamentals of it are that we create our reality and that we're taught a lot about, about creating our reality, but that part of creating our reality includes intentional endings. And it's the piece that I feel has been missing in a lot of the, the things that I was inspired to to try in terms of law of attraction and, and stuff like that. because. There's always been so much a, a focus on creation and not on destruction. You know, and, and people are all about doing shadow work, but but with this idea like like you go to battle with these shadows and then you like defeat them and and then you live in this in this like light world, right? With with no shadows and no dark and no death and and it's really more about integration. And so Presence Manifest is about integrating the creator in you and the destructor in you um for the result of presence right because if you're always in sort of creation mode then you're kind of in in the future right you're always thinking about what you want what you want tomorrow or what's not really there and if you're kind of in destructive mode all the time you're kind of in self-sabotage i guess right but if you are continually creating new things and ending the things that you've previously created. It kind of puts you in that sweet spot of presence right in the middle. Um, So it's really finding the balance between release and desire and how it feels, I guess, which is more important. How it feels is the world becomes more wondrous, psychedelic in flow peaceful, clear. Um you st- start really believing in your reality when your reality is um clear and not diluted. You don't second guess yourself as much. Does any of that make sense? I'm not really sure. It does it doesn't make
0: doesn't... sense, but try to let let's dig into like what exactly are you ending when you're like utilizing your destructive power? Like and and how do you end? Like, so what, what are examples of people ending things and like, how do you do it? Okay.
1: So anything that we create, which is ending experience, I believe, uh, continues indefinitely until we end it. So it's kind of like opening a tab on your computer, right? It's like you open it up and you open up a new experience and that experience is kind of there and you're going to get some knowledge from it. And then if you move on, but you don't close the tab. It's kind of just still there, right? And it and it basically makes your computer work slower and it, you know, potentially could bring in viruses you don't know about. Like there's just there's just a whole slew of things that can happen when we leave things open that serve their purpose already. And so experiences are really just to serve a single purpose of the moment that they happen. Um but we've never really been taught that. And so by ending our experiences, we close all those little extra tabs and we allow ourselves to have a more singular and clear and pinpointed experience. And how we do it is pretty much by intentionally ending it. So I end my, this, you know, this week I ended um, my experience of previous, um, previous life dreams right because it came apparent to me that i was still getting really sappy and sad when i see something that i used to want but that doesn't fit my life right now that i don't have right and it didn't it doesn't make any any sense in my brain like why would i be sad that i don't have this thing that literally if i had it right now would not fit the person that i'm at you know or that i am So I ended my experience of my life dreams to date. And I've had like a a kind of a whirlwind couple of days, letting go of a bunch of stuff. But how I ended it was I said, I end my experience of my life dream, my life dreams to date down to nothing, crystalline clarity with no residual cords, strings or attachments. And by telling my mind that my mind can now stop using that information and using those dreams to influence my current decisions. Mm. Because when your mind is habitual and your mind is a is like um, it holds on to every piece of information. It doesn't want to let go of anything. And it shouldn't it shouldn't let go of anything because everything you've gained through experience is your wisdom and your knowledge. You don't want to let go of that. What you want to let go of is still being in that moment. So, if you take it in terms of trauma, if somebody's had a traumatic experience, that traumatic experience in my philosophy um, has never ended until they intentionally and with the belief that they can end the experience. As an energy worker, I can end that experience, energetically at least, for them through consent, right? So I can gift that ending if they don't know how to do it yet. But everybody has the potential of doing that. And when the traumatic experience on an energetic level is ended, meaning your mind is being told that it no longer is happening, right? But you're choosing, not it's no longer happening like somebody else is telling you it's not not happening because it's hard when someone else tells you something that's not happening when you're still feeling it. Mm -hmm. But the reason you're feeling it is because literally it it is still happening and you haven't come to the understanding or the belief or the empowerment yet to know that you have the power to end that with a thought, right? And so what happens is that traumatic experience sits there kind of in the background, like a record playing, And when we come across different bits of data that were also in that experience, it makes the record louder. But it's not like other people think where the record shuts off and then it turns back on when the data shows up or when you get triggered, it's literally always there and you're still in it. It just goes to the background because of uh, better cope mechanisms or by removing yourself from the data that would trigger it. And when the data triggers it, It comes more forward and more, you're more aware of of the fact that you're in that traumatic situation. But essentially, you can heal that traumatic situation by ending it. So, I believe in my philosophy also that ending equals healing. When you end something, you heal it because healing is basically the ending of a situation that you no longer desire or want to be in. And the power to heal is your choice to do that and and the belief system that comes behind your ability to do that. And if you believe you can create your reality with a thought and a desire, then why can't you create the ending of that which you created with your same thoughts and desires? I mean, being an ultimate creator of your reality doesn't mean you have to sit in the soup of everything that you've ever created in your life. You know, it means you get to choose, (laughs) like, how you want, how clear you want your life to be, and so you can choose to end all the other things that happened before, and you can choose to just sit in today, and when you do that, your world will shift to meet your healed person, your healed self, rather than you trying to manipulate the world into a place that you believe could be healing. Does, Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. Sort of. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but if, will you say the speech again that you say to like cut all you said something about chords. Um Yeah. I
1: say I have I have a couple of little um little like uh mantra type uh phrases that I use that I created over the last two years um to help other people do what I do energetically. Because when I'm doing it energetically, I don't use the words. Um I just I just sort of end things, right? Because I've been practicing. <laughs> but it, when you're starting, it, it makes more sense. So what I do first is I set sacred space. And because I'm a New Yorker, I like kind of, you know, the most bang for my buck. Um, I set sacred space in two sentences or three sentences, which is uh, all benevolent energy available to me, be with me and for me now, right? Because that covers all benevolent energy. Uh-huh and all other energy, be bound in love to the extent that I'm safe. Because by binding any other energy with love, we don't lower our vibration, but we also sort of just wrap it in a big enough bubble that it doesn't affect our reality. And then I also add when I'm doing healing work, I bind my own energy in love to the extent that you are safe with me right so that's how i begin any any healing work or even work that i do with myself and then when i end things i say i end my experience of whatever it is down to nothing crystalline clarity with no residual cords strings attachments or energetic residue because that i feel like covers everything and even if you are just beginning and don't really have the belief system you know to back up your energy work or your own energy work those words are pretty ironclad for your mind right your mind gets that and if your mind gets it you'll have the you'll have the effect and and the shift um when your belief system catches up with it you'll have the power to play with it and and expand upon it and and make it quicker and stuff like that but um but presence manifest is the name of my philosophy the practice and also it could be a salutation uh for life really so if i say presence manifest with you bevan it means i end my experience to date of you down to nothing crystalline clarity with no residual cord strings or attachments And so I meet you in this moment with full wonder and openness to what is between us now. And this way my mind is not going to pre-tell me how I'm going to experience you or what I feel about you or how to, you know, respond to you. Um, And so my practice, my daily practice is I end things as I approach them. So if I'm going to the store, I am my experience of the store to date before I walk into the store. If I'm meeting a person, I am my experience of them. If I'm going out to meditate, I am my experience of all meditation up until this point because it doesn't release the wisdom or the knowledge, but it does end your past experience so that you're stepping into a new one Mm. with your next breath.
0: Which is just such a potent place to be in creation. yeah it's a fresh new (laughs) it's so yeah so like um you can do this with relationships you can do this with places you can do this with dreams and like like past cast visions right like of things that you thought you wanted um like you can do it with um trauma is there anything else that are like kind of big uh big categories of things that people could consider using with
1: Oh, food.
0: Food, yeah. Sex.
1: (laughs) Like sex is a big one, right?
0: Yeah. Because
1: you don't think that, you think that every time you get a new lover, you're having a new, a new experience, but you're having a new experience of a new person, but you're having the same experience of being a lover. Mm. So you have to clean your energetic sheets.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. it's so true. You know, you're.
1: If you're making love to the, you know, 10th person through the experience of the first nine, you're not really giving yourself the gift of what that experience could be.
0: Yeah. You're,
1: you're kind of feeling them based on your best and worst moments of everything that came before that's still happening because you haven't actually ended it. Yeah. Right. You just, you're kind of adding another layer to your to your ongoing you know sexual experience instead of having um unlimited unique experiences of your sexual nature
0: can you is there like a blanket thing to say or do to just end all experiences like with relationships with other people like to just kind of do like a control all delete of like everything or do you have to think through like all the previous lovers you've ever had to end those
1: Um, No, I just go for the biggest template that my mind can understand in that particular um, way. So I'll end my experience of being a lover to date. Pretty often, I'll do this. Um, Then, you know, certain templates kind of cross each other right because your lover is sort of connected to your parents and it's sort of connected to god and it's you know (laughs) there's a lot of other things that come into your sex right so as you start playing with presence manifest that's when it gets fun because you you clear something you see the shift you feel the difference you see where things are more clear and new and you see where and you start to begin to feel where things aren't present where they feel more routine or habitual or sort of autopilot and when you see them you clear that and then when that another thing comes up you clear that and at first your world is mostly diluted with these little pockets of presence and then as you move forward in your practice or with your energy sessions your life is more present with these pockets of dilution right and and then it's fun to kind of try to track them down and find new things to clear um, but I did try an a clear all, uh, you know, at <laughs> a couple of times. Um, <laughs> and when you do that, you have to really be ready because a lot of things that we do on our daily basis, we don't realize are so conditioned. Um, and so you have to be ready for, for big transformation if you're gonna kind of ask for that, right? Yeah. Um but yeah, I would start with clearing templates. Like big templates that encompass um many many experiences if you want to go bigger or you could just start with something small. I always recommend starting big, honestly, because you can feel the shift more <laughs> and then you know. And and then it <laughs> I don't know. It's again, it's I'm a New Yorker, right? I just why wait, right? If I know I can, if I know I can change it, I might also well change all of it now, you know?
0: Um, it, it's true. And the kind of the best part about energy work is that it's so simple. It doesn't feel like it should work because we have these capitalist ideas that anything worth doing, you have to struggle for, but I don't think, mm. I don't think we're actually meant to struggle. I think that struggle is a construct. And so I love energy work for that reason because it just makes it simpler. Um. Is there anything else like other categories of things that one might uh like you work with people about habits too, right? With your energy work. Mm-hmm. And so this works with habits really well.
1: Yeah, because your habits are Yeah, because your habits are, are basically your body's um your body, your your human your mind is habitual. So everything's basically a habit. That's, that's the funny thing about working with habits is when people come about one habit that they don't like, that they want to change. Right. And then they realize that, wow, their their entire life is is very habitual (laughs) on an energetic level. Even if you think you're being new and innovative, a lot of times, energetically, you're really just recreating the same experience with different variations. Um, So yeah, the more present you are, the less habitual you're able to be. And so it works really with with habits well, because when you end the experience that you're in of that particular habit with intention or with help, like, you know, with help from me, I can help somebody do it if they haven't really grasped it mentally yet or or in their heart. Um, But yeah, it works really well with habits because when you end your habit, basically those pre-programmed ways of acting are still going to come up, but they won't have the same emotional response. You know, automatically, it'll be more of like a weird mental thing where some your brain, which you'll actually hear is something to the effect of this is when I would normally feel this. Like, that's kind of how it feels. This is when I would normally want that. Because your brain is telling you, this is what you normally do, but since you're not wrapped up in the experience anymore, you've chosen a new one, it's not a knee-jerk reaction. There's, like, this tiny bit of space between what you would normally do, you know, and possibility that opens up, where you start to begin to have choice again, moment-to-moment choice, instead of habitual response. Um... And so it really works well with habit because it brings in more choice and more empowerment. And when you have ultimate choice and empowerment and possibility, habitual ways of doing things are just less fun.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that's totally my my experience also with releasing habits is like, eventually it's just, I'll do it a few more times, right? Because my brain is saying, oh, this is the time you want to X, Y, Z and like and then i'm like yeah this isn't really serving me like i just start to recognize that it's not creating pleasure or dopamine anymore and like that's really what addiction and habits do is they like kind of distract you from your feelings so it's like taking you out of the present moment by like feeding that dopamine thing that needs like the the habitual activity in order to to release and once you become aware and like want to change things i've i've actually felt the habit's not be uh not have pleasure anymore, not like, and then I kind of realized, oh, we're not doing this anymore, I guess. <laughs> but, right, right. Yeah.
1: And when you come to that point, after you willfully change your habit, that's when you actually hit that healing point. When you come to the point where you say, oh, I'm not doing this anymore. That's when your brain actually is not doing that anymore, right? And this, the energy way that I'm describing is backwards. You tell your brain you're not doing that anymore from the, from the first second. Mm-hmm. And then you basically watch like a movie as you stop doing <laughs> that anymore and you have to use less will and, and, and less sort of like wrangling your habit and fighting your habit and retraining your habit and talking to your habit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, and in law of attraction, what that would be is taking the habit out of what you're putting out there to attract, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um one thing that I probably would like people to understand about just energy work in general and presence work in general is that anything that is related to the thing that you're trying to undo law of attraction wise is going to include that thing in your manifestation. Right. It's like, people will say, Oh, resistance equals persistence or whatever, what you resist persists. Right. Mm -hmm. But with most healing things or things that are toted as healing things, they want you to focus on the thing that you don't want anymore. And as soon as you start focusing on the thing that you don't want anymore, you create some sort of something that is still there, or you take the same thing that you're trying to get rid of and you just replace it with something that's more uh, benevolent for you. Mm -hmm. So you don't really end your habit. You just change your habit of, you know, eating poorly into a habit of playing tennis but you still have the monotony and the habitual sort of dilution of a life of now playing tennis every freaking day not to eat junk food (laughs) right whereas if you just ended your experience of eating junk food to date you may want to play tennis but you may not and and that's okay Because each moment would just be a moment without that other thing in it anymore. And by, just by default,
0: you'd be in a new life. Yeah. I think, you know, what's interesting is that, like, I think by default, we are always in a new life, like, because life is always changing around us. And like, it's Mm -hmm. never fully the same, even if it appears the same, that's just an illusion. And I think so many mm-hmm. people these days, especially with the uncertainty around, like, a global pandemic sort of uh, screeching our economy into a swift turn of events. Like, I think people are recognizing change that's kind of outside of what they chose. And so life is changing around them with or without their consent or with or without their participation. And um, really, like, to not change and to not change yourself is to be moving backwards. Because, like, even if you think, oh, I'm just staying the same, you're actually just moving backwards because everything else is moving forward. Um, that's what life force energy does. It just kind of keeps us moving. And mm-hmm. it's so interesting, like, how this is, like, creating, like, coming, becoming more of a conscious creator by, like, ending things so that you can more powerfully create the things that are coming out of your present awareness. And, and experience them. Yeah. And experience them, which is the best part of living, is really just experiencing life yeah and i want to experience
1: i want to experience life in as many new ways as possible, and I don't have to run around the country trying to find new things to do to experience life in new ways. Um, but it's really experience is is what the whole presence thing helps with the most is you feel more and and you feel more moment to moment because you're not deciding at the beginning of the day, how you're going to feel for the rest of the day. Yeah. You're not deciding at the beginning of the meal, whether you're going to like it or not. You're not deciding, you know, in a relationship that you're going to be in for the rest of your life, that you're going to be in it. Cause you chose it on this day in October in this year, you know, you really get to feel every second and decide more or less of this, you know? And and truly experience that, which you're creating, you know, which helps you make better, bigger,
0: more aligned
1: creations.
0: Totally. Totally. Is there anything else you think people um, should know, could know about presence manifest um, if they're embarking on it or curious about like putting this into practice? Um,
1: well, So it's a little hard because it's my philosophy, right? So I haven't written a book yet. (laughs) I don't have a, I don't really have a website that people could follow as of yet. I mean, really, it's like, I mean, to work with it, you kind of have to work with me at the moment, but to, to work with the principles, yeah, you could start that anytime, just end things in the most simplest way you can think of. You know, just, even just that I end this is powerful enough to shift your reality in ways that you can never imagine, you know, just, I end getting in my car every time you're about to get in your car, you know, just play with it. I, I guess that's the thing is like, play with the idea that not only are you a creator, but you are also in control of that which you already created, right? You don't just create it and then it runs amok in your mental body and emotional body. <laughs> you can create it and then you release it, and you know. And at first, okay, one more thing. At first, you, th- at first, the practice is ending things because we've never been taught that. But ultimately, the practice is just not holding on to anything. I mean, ultimately, that is the end result of this, this work. I mean, the, the presence manifest beginning work is kind of clearing the previous clutter. But you want to get to a point where you're not accumulating clutter. You're just walking through your day, being a powerful creator, experiencing that which you created, giving thanks for it and letting it go and moving on to the next moment. Mm. Right. So you don't have to do this forever. You don't have to consciously end things forever because it will become a habit to let them go as they come. Mm. You know, so that's the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal of presence manifest is to live in a, in a way where your only habit is creating presence by creating clarity. And then presence manifests everything else. Yeah. Less work, more ease.
0: <laughs> That's what we're aiming for. So if folks want to work with you, Joey, I know you're so elusive. I feel like I have such an exclusive on uh, connecting with you. <laughs> <laughs> I am like a little unicorn. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but I am like, like a unicorn. You, they can find you. How do they find you? Uh, is it Should I put your email address in the... In well, the it's... Notes?
1: Yeah, that's fine. My, my email or I don't, I don't care. I may have had the same phone number my whole entire life. Um, but yeah, it's funny. Cause that's how people work with me. They, a friend of a friend of a friend tells them to call me <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Feel free to put my email address or my Facebook page, or I do have an Instagram presence manifest. Presence. On Instagram, um, but I don't do much with it. I just
0: put up these really cute memes sometimes when I think about them. Um, can people uh, DM you on Presence Manifest on Instagram? Mm,
1: I think so.
0: Well, if you don't, if you don't
1: know, <laughs> people you know, email you me. know when you <laughs> when you ask me to do a podcast. I thought I was pretty clear that I am really technologically.
0: <laughs> uh, you are very clear. I just want to like give people, you know, just like for me, like as someone uh, who wants you to do well in the world, like I just want to funnel people your way if they they're looking for healing because it is like the work of the healer is so much bigger than just like actually doing the energetic work of healing people. It's also like having a website, doing your taxes. Like it's 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 really a, a lot of administrative stuff, which is also uh its own learning curve. So. Um but right.
1: I'm so ready for this. I'm so ready for this because seriously I I've been working honestly on how to explain it and to teach it to people yeah. for the last two and a half years. And it's only been in the last month or so that I've been really saying to myself to everything like I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. And the more I keep this to myself, the more I feel selfish and I feel like I'm not sharing you know, my gift with the world and I'm I'm not sharing important information with people who could really use it. And so I'm ready. Um yeah, email me, call me. I do have a website. It's just not live yet and I'm working on it. Um but yeah. Can we recite your
0: email address in case somebody out there is like, I don't even want to look at the show notes. What's your email address? Let me write it down <laughs> now.
1: Okay. It's uh moon 13 at gmail So that's H Y-L-A-M-O-O-N, the
0: number 13, at gmail.com. Fabulous. Oh, Joey, what a (laughs) delight. I'm so glad that you came on the podcast and shared this. Like, I think this is, I mean, I said it before, I'll say it again. I think this is truly a groundbreaking methodology to, like, really, honestly clear the clutter in our belief system and, like, supercharge us moving forward towards our visions of the world and like this is a time where like our planet needs everybody who has gifts to circulate to circulate those gifts and like to to just end all the limiting beliefs and crap that's just cluttering us up and and get clear and ready for this new paradigm that's emerging
1: you inspire me so much
0: oh thanks joey you do, you inspire me too <laughs> I love that you're just, like, living this wildflower life, like, letting life unfold magically and just experience it and, like, you know. And also, like, philosophizing and coming up with this uh, incredible thing from, like, a fort in the closet in your Bronx apartment to to wherever it is that you are, somewhere vaguely in Maryland. (laughs) Right. And those who... That really is
1: my life right now. I have committed to basically traveling around visiting friends and kind of spreading this information in, in the way I, I know how, um, and I'm in the middle of that process. So I'm quite nomadic, but I am reachable always by email and phone. And I always have time to pop a squat somewhere and, and work with you.
0: My God, so good, Joey! Thanks so much for letting me pop your podcast, Cherry. I know (laughs) I'm such a babbler. Thank you so much. You did great. No babbling. Uh, You were great. Um, Okay, so I'm going to end this recording. Bye, everybody. Okay, let's see.